Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as we pick up in Exodus chapter 21, verse 15. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. You knocked out my tooth, all right, man, you've had it. I gotta knock out your tooth, tooth for tooth. And Jesus said, you have heard that it hath been said. Now, really what the Lord is doing here is limiting because there is a perversity about our human nature that doesn't want to just get even. We want to more than get even. It used to be when my brothers and I were growing up scuffling with each other. You know, we'd be sort of boxing and all, and and maybe he would catch you one. What do you want to do? You want to catch him one back just a little harder. And so many times where we started out just playing, boy, we ended up in a full-fledged fight because you keep getting harder and harder and harder and wanting to get, you know, get back at him a little more. And and you, you start out just sort of with a game and playing, but boy, you end up really just going at it. And that is human nature. So this was to put a limitation An eye for an eye, not two eyes for an eye. A tooth for a tooth, not three teeth for one tooth. (laughs) And so the purpose of the law was that it would not exceed. But they had begun to interpret it as an obligation. And so Jesus said, hey, look, I say unto you, if a man smites you on the one cheek, turn to the other. You know, don't seek retribution. Don't seek to get even. And so Christ gave a whole new concept to this. It isn't, I'm not under an obligation to black your eye because you blacked mine. Better to forgive. Better to pass it over. And so Christ was showing, actually, that the law was intended to curb man's spirit and to curb that spirit of retaliation, that desire to retaliate. But it had become misinterpreted by the Pharisees. Now, we deal with the the person dealing with his servant. If he hits his servant in the eye and the servant loses the eye, the servant goes free for the eye's sake. If you knock out a tooth, of your servant, of your maidservant, then they get to go free for the tooth's sake. If an ox gore a man or a woman that they die, then the ox will be surely stoned and his flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox will be acquitted. But if the ox were known to push with his horn in times past, and it has been testified to his owner and he did not keep him corralled, but he has killed a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and his owner also will be put to death. You've, had, you've been told that your ox is bad, that it's out there goring people or trying to gore people, and you've been told about it, and you do nothing to corral it or to restrain it, 
then you are responsible for what your ox did. If there be laid on him a sum of money, then he shall give for ransom for his life whatever is laid upon him. So uh, you, you could buy your way out of that one. Whether he have a gourd son or a gourd daughter, according to the judgment, it shall be done unto him. Now if the ox shall push a manservant or a maidservant, he shall give unto their master 30 shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. So it is interesting that Jesus was sold by Judas Iscariot for the price of a slave that had been gored by an ox. That was the, the amount. If a, if a slave was gored by an ox, you were to pay the master 30 pieces of silver. If a man shall open a pit, if you dig a pit and you don't cover it, and an ox or an ass falls in, then you've got to pay for the ox or the ass to the owner of the beast who was slain. If one man's ox hurt another that it dies, then they will sell the live ox and divide the money, and the dead ox also they can divide and barbecue. So uh, if it be known that the ox has been used to pushing in the times past and the owner did not keep him in, then he shall pay for the ox and the dead one shall be his own. In other words, the, you, you get the whole thing. The, he killed your ox, you, he has to pay you and, and then you get the dead carcass also. If a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it, the wrestlers, or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox, four sheep for a sheep. You see, in those days, they were interested in taking care of the innocent party. Now, something's gone wrong in our judgments today, and we're interested in the rights of the criminal. We're no longer interested in the rights of the person who has been victimized by the crime. You're out of luck, but let's guard and protect the rights of this criminal. Oh, things are getting so bad. Now, if a thief is caught breaking up and is smitten that he dies, there shall no blood be shed for him. But if it is daylight and you catch him, then you sh should cause him to make full restitution, and if he has nothing, then he is sold for his theft. And if the theft is certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be an ox or an ass or sheep, he shall restore double. If a man shall cause a field or a vineyard to be eaten, and he shall put his animals and shall feed them in another man's field, then the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard shall he make restitution. In other words, if we're neighboring farmers and you set your uh, sheep over in my field to graze and they're eating up my field, then I get the best of yours. I can go in and just help myself to the best that you've got. If fire breaks out and catches in the thorns so that the stacks of corn or the standing corn or the field is consumed, he that kindled the fire shall make restitution. If a man shall deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep and it be stolen out of the man's house, if the thief is found, let him pay double. If the thief is not found, 
Then let the master be brought to the judges, the Elohim, to see whether he has put his own hand to his neighbor's goods. For all manner of trespass, whether it be for ox, ass, sheep, or raiment, or for any manner of lost thing which another challenges to be his, the cause of both parties shall come before the judges of the gods, and whom the judges shall condemn, he shall pay double to his neighbor. Now if a man deliver unto his neighbor an ass or an ox, or a sheep or any beast to keep it, and it dies or is hurt or driven away, and no one sees it, then shall an oath of the Lord be between them both, that he hath not put his hand to his neighbor's goods, and the owner of it shall accept thereof, and shall not make it good. In other words, if you ask me to keep your ox, and somehow it is stolen or it, it, it strays away, then I come to you and I say, I swear by God, I didn't touch it. I, I don't know what happened to it. Then you have to accept the fact of my oath that I really didn't touch it, that I didn't go ahead and, and butcher the thing and put it in my locker. So then shall an oath of the Lord be between them both that he did not put his hand to it. And if it is stolen from him, he shall make restitution unto the owner thereof. If it be torn in pieces, then I bring you the torn pieces, and uh, I will not have to make good that which was torn. Now if a man borrows out of his neighbor and it is hurt or dies, the owner thereof being not with it, I shall, you shall surely make it good. If I borrow your horse and I overwork the thing in the heat, then I got to pay you for your horse. But if you come with it, and it dies, then I don't have to pay you anything because then I've hired both you and your horse. It, it came for hire. Now if a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lies with her, he shall surely endow her, give her the dowry in order to be his wife. And if her father utterly refuses to give her unto him, then he shall pay the money according to the dowry of virgins. Thou shalt not, and now we get a lot of little uh, rules here again with capital punishment. Thou shalt not allow a witch to live. Bestiality is condemned with capital punishment. He that sacrifices unto any God save to Jehovah only shall be destroyed. Thou shalt neither vex a stranger nor oppress him, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry unto me, I will surely hear their cry. Now, the next couple of cases here, God tells how that he will stand up in defense of the weak and of the poor. So be careful. Don't take advantage or seek to take advantage of persons that are already disadvantaged. The, the tragic thing to me is that so many of the charlatans prey upon people who are already in sad condition. They're already sort of broke. And, and they're the, you know, they have ads in the paper, you know, earn money in your own home. And they get you signed up, you know, on a uh, where you give all kinds of contracts and all you have to do is buy this $500 machine and so forth and you can start making all these things and you'll have all these contracts, you make so much money and what you do is you end up 500 bucks further in the hole than you were and you're already in trouble looking for a way to get out and, and there are people that prey 
on the, on the people that are already disadvantaged. I got a letter this week, and perhaps if you're on his mailing list, you got one too. And the letter said, Dear Charles, I've been thinking about you lately. And while I was here on my knees before God, I was holding your name up before the Lord in prayer. Somehow I feel there might be something wrong. Is there any problem? Charles, write me and tell me about it. And please also enclose a gift because I'm facing one of the greatest crises of my whole life. And he went on for four pages telling me of the great crisis and the sacrifices that he's going to have to make in order to do the great things that God has called him to do. I wrote him back. And I wrote, Dear, and I won't tell you his name, because you probably got a letter too, and you thought he's just writing to you personally. Isn't that neat? I wish I could come and visit you in your home and sit down and, and explain to you personally what my problems are. I wrote back, and I said, It might be a good idea that you would start teaching the Bible on television, but maybe you ought to read it first. And read 2 Peter, where he talks about the false prophets who through feigned words would make merchandise of you. I said, I don't like your computer letter. I'm insulted by it. You insult my intelligence. And they are just feigned words by which you're trying to get some bucks from me. I said, you say you're willing to make sacrifices. And I was told recently by a Presbyterian pastor in Palm Springs that you paid 700, or didn't tell him how much he paid, but I know, you paid several hundred thousand dollars for a new home in one of the exclusive areas of Palm Springs, and your son also bought a home of almost equal value in the same area. Are you willing to sacrifice that? If you are, then maybe I'll be willing to give you $25 of my meager salary but not so that you can live lavishly. Oh, I was angry with that letter. I was angry not because he deceived me, because I could see right through the whole thing. I was angry for all these poor little widows out there on Social Security. It said, if you don't have $25, why don't you see if you can get it someplace? Because I'm really desperate. And for all these poor little widows that are going to get that, Dear Mabel, I've been thinking about you this week. And as I was in prayer, I had your name here before God. And oh, Mabel, I'd love to come to your home and sit down with you right there in your house and tell you the problems I have. And dear little old Mabel is out borrowing $25 so she can send it to him because she doesn't know any better. That's the thing that upsets me. Now when Mabel is hungry and is crying out unto God because she doesn't have any food, because she sent her food money in response to this plea, God is going to hear Mabel's cry. And this guy's in big trouble because God says he hears the cry of the oppressed and he will respond to it. And, and so God deals now with those that are oppressed and Oh, <laughs> this kind of stuff, oh, it upsets me. I get 
taken off their mailing list in a hurry because I usually respond to them. I can't stand it. <laughs> I, I said, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's children begging bread. What does that make you? They take me off their mailing list in a hurry. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any wise and they cry it all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with a sword, and your wives shall be widows and your children fatherless. And if you lend money to any of my people that is poor by thee, thou shalt not be to him as a usurer. Neither shalt thou lay upon him usury. These people that are going around and, and taking away people's houses, saying, well, we'll loan you money, you know, sign all of these contracts, and you find that you've signed your house away, and they sell it out from underneath of you. Boy, are these people going to have to answer before God. That's horrible, the things that are done. If thou at all take thy neighbor's raiment for a pledge... Deliver it back to him by the time the sun goes down. Now, if you come to me and borrow money because you're really in desperate, and I say, hey, well, I, what are you going to give me for the pledge? I'll give you my coat. But before the sun goes down, I, I'm going to give you that coat back because, you see, in those days, they didn't have blankets. They used their clothes. They just wrapped themselves up in their coat, and that was their covering. For it is his covering only. It is his raiment for his skin, whereby when he's trying to sleep, and if it comes to pass, he's cold, and he cries unto me, I'm going to hear for God declares, I am gracious. The Lord is very gracious towards the poor, towards the oppressed. His ear is open to their cry. And man, if you're oppressing them, you're the one guilty of oppressing them, and they're crying unto the Lord because you are oppression, look out, you're in trampling on dangerous grounds. I love God for his desire and concern and care for the poor. I love God because he is gracious and that he does take care of those who are oppressed and cast down. Oh, how I appreciate God's graciousness. Thou shalt not revile the judges nor curse the ruler of thy people. I'm glad he didn't say you're going to be put to death if you do, but thou shalt not nonetheless. Actually, what does the New Testament teach us? Pray for those who are in authority over us. And, and that's really our obligation and responsibility. Pray. I, I wouldn't want to be a judge, but neither would I want to be the president. <laughs> in fact, I wouldn't want to be in the legislature. I wouldn't want to have to answer for, you know, the stuff that goes on anywhere in government. I'm glad I'm a bond slave of the Lord and not a... <laughs> they used to call them, what, civic servants? Boy, how we've changed. Now thou shalt not delay to offer the first of thy ripe fruits and of thy liquors. The firstborn of thy sons shalt thou give to me. You're not to delay. You're not to put off paying your dues to God the tithes, the first fruits. You're not, to, you're not to hold back or delay on that. Well, if we have enough, then we'll give it to God. 
but actually you're not to delay to offer your first fruit and the firstborn. Now, now God, remember the firstborn in Egypt were killed. So from that time on, God claimed the firstborn. So your firstborn son belonged to God. Now if you wanted to keep him, you had to buy him from God. And you could redeem him. You could keep him, but you'd have to buy him from God. The firstborn son belongs to God. And that was true of your animals. The firstborn animal always belonged to God. If, if your cow got old enough to begin to have calves, the first calf belonged to God. From then on, they were yours. First one belonged. If you wanted to keep it, actually, then you'd have to buy it from God. But you were to the firstborn. Likewise shalt thou do with thy oxen, with thy sheep. Seven days it will be with its dam, and on the eighth day thou shalt give it to me. So let the mother keep it for seven days, nursing it. The eighth day it belongs to God. Ye shall be holy unto me, neither shall you eat any flesh that is torn of the beast in the field, but cast it to the dogs. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Exodus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Exodus 21 through 22 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you and keep you in His love and grace. May the Lord watch over you. And may you be filled with His Spirit and walk in the strength and in the power of the Spirit of God as He anoints you day by day. May you be enabled by Him. And may you enter into that fullness that He has for you, walking with the Lord, loving the Lord, listening to the Lord. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today is pleased to present a timely book entitled Philippians, a Bible study for women by Kay Smith, wife of Pastor Chuck. In times of hardship and doubt, are you filled with joy? If this less-than-perfect world has robbed you of joy and filled you instead with fear and worry, you must learn the secrets found in the book of Philippians. Join Kay as she discovers the Apostle Paul's top secrets to a life filled with joy, available to every Christian woman today. 
Sometimes in the deepest trials, God will so minister to us, or the Holy Spirit will so minister to us, that even in the deepest trials, we can have joy. And that's what we're trying to impress on the people's heart. We have joy just because we have Jesus. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD. That's 1-800-272-9673. And godliness with contentment is great gain.